Ah, New York City, the city that never sleeps, unless you're a New York Rangers player. And guess what, Rangers fans? The rent is due the first of every month because the Devils faithful took over Madison Square Garden. I need to talk about the Devils fan base. I need to talk about some of their key players in this matchup. And I also need to talk about the future for New Jersey. We have a lot to talk about in today's episode of Locked on Devils because the Battle of the Hudson River, round one this season, goes to New Jersey. Buckle up, everybody. You're Locked on Devils, your daily podcast on the New Jersey Devils. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hi, this is Bryce Salvador, and you're Locked On Devils with Trey Matthews. Alrighty now, what is up, New Jersey? Welcome back to the Locked On Devils podcast here on the Locked On Network. I'm your host, college hockey play-by-play -play announcer, and also Devils writer for Pucks and Pitchforks, Trey Matthews. So the New Jersey Devils are on a win streak once again. They've won their third game in a row. And here's another lengthy win streak that no one's really talking about. The New Jersey Devils have won their 10th straight road win. So the fact that the New Jersey Devils can play so well away from the Prudential Center is a great sign, and it just adds to their list of reasons as to why they're legitimate. So there's a lot to talk about in this game. We could talk about the slow start that the New Jersey Devils had because they didn't exactly do too well the first couple of minutes because the Rangers got out to a 2-0 lead, but the Devils were able to answer on back, and it's something that I preached about in the last episode. It's been something I've been talking about in a bunch of prior episodes. I remember Ryan Novazinski and Chrissy Flannery appeared on the show last week, and they also said that it's been evident that the New Jersey Devils just know how to rebound so I think that's a big storyline that we could talk about in today's episode but I want to revisit something that I discussed yesterday and I get that a lot of people are going to be coming at me saying like Trey why are you ruminating over this it's over the Devils have won three straight let's just move on from this well guys I, I did say in my locked on now if you do follow me on Twitter that I was going to discuss this in today's episode and I also said in yesterday's episode that if the Devils did hypothetically win against the New York Rangers then I just can't help but think about that last uh, matchup against the Toronto Maple Leafs in which the New Jersey Devils had felt as though that game was kind of rigged against them and they got a win taken away from them, like just stolen underneath them. And it, it just raises a question like, what if that, uh, that, that circumstance was just a little bit different? Because uh, with tonight's win, then the New Jersey Devils theoretically have won 17 in a row and that ties the all-time record, the Pittsburgh Penguins, hold the record with 17 straight wins. So it just makes you think, like, what could have happened had that been a little bit different? Now, why am I talking about this? Well, you got people like this person, and if you're listening on a podcast streaming service, I'm going to uh, just read the tweet. Imagine being on a 13-game win streak and being such a loser baby fan base, you throw blank on the ice, garbage-ass fan base. Wow, so some strong words from... That person, and don't worry, I I, um, I I ratioed him on Twitter by posting the Stephen A. Smith meme saying, like, uh, I'm here to tell you right now, we don't really care. So that's been taken care of from a social media aspect. But I, I decided, like, that tweet just uh, expresses so much of, like, what people might think of the New Jersey Devils fan base. And I get it. The Devils are an East Coast team. And usually East Coast fans don't have the greatest rep of being how would I say, a classy sort of fan base. So like whether you live in New York, Philadelphia, Boston, New Jersey, wherever the case might be, 
the narrative is always the same, which is just a garbage blank, like that person said, fan base, whatever the case might be. But going to yesterday's episode, I don't condone that kind of behavior from the fan base, but you have to understand where it's coming from. Because like I just said, with tonight's win against the Rangers, you just can't help but think like, what if? And this is going to be the biggest what if uh, once the season comes to an end, whether the, or not the New Jersey Devils make it far in the playoffs, wherever the case might be. This is something we're going to be talking about because it's it's a it's a history kind of circumstance. So I just wanted to come to the fence for the Devils fan base, which is I don't think the Devils are have a garbage fan base, and I don't think we're a bunch of crybaby losers like that person was saying. That's not what what the devils are at all like i i want to give credit where credit is due the devil's faithful showed up in madison square garden and they started a lot of chants they started a lot of cheers i was watching on my tv and some people i know were in attendance at the game and they could experience it firsthand but whatever the case might be this is not a trash fan base similar to what lindy ruff said just a couple days ago after that whole debacle took place he just said that the devil's fans are just passionate so I, I don't think it comes from a place of just being like pathetic fans or whatever the case might be. It just comes from a place of passion. Like I'm very passionate when I do this show. And like I just said, I don't support that kind of behavior. I can't condone it just in the position that I'm in. Uh, it's really unnecessary for uh, uh, people to do that. But at the same time, I understand where the frustration comes from because I'm frustrated myself. But luckily I have this show where I'm able to vent out my frustrations in a healthy manner. And like I said, guys, like luckily nobody got hurt, but what if uh, there was a friendly fire on the devil's side of things, which is someone tosses a beer can that was kind of full. You hit someone and they end up getting hurt or they get bruised, whatever the case might be. Then you just essentially hurt your own team. So just responding to that person, the devils do not have a trash fan base. And in fact, I'm very proud of this team. I'm very proud of how far they've come. I love the fact that the Devils uh, fan base continues to show out. And I wanted to make that the focus of segment one because I felt like it was the appropriate time to do so because the battle of the Hudson River, the New York Rangers versus the New Jersey Devils, that's one of our biggest rivalries of the season. That's something that we always have circled on our calendar. NHL Network knows about it because they aired it on their uh, respective programming. So it's just like this is a very big deal for Devils fans and you guys showed out going to Madison Square Garden, starting those chants and basically just taking over and seeing Dougie Hamilton because uh, shout out to my buddy Jersey Joe. He basically said like, uh, hey, the Devils fans, they're in New York and they're going to see Hamilton, Dougie Hamilton, not the not the play Alexander Hamilton, but whatever the case might be, it, it was just great to see. So once again, guys, I get where the frustration comes from because it's a it's a history kind of thing. And like I said, I just can't but help and think about like what happened a few days ago against the Toronto Maple Leafs because it just sucks that the New Jersey Devils now they basically have to start over. But at the same time, they're on a win streak once again. They have this lengthy road uh, win streak. So that's something we could definitely talk more about. But ultimately, guys, uh, my main takeaways are, are simply this, which is the Devils were robbed. They were cheated. They were uh, just taking a chance from of making history potentially. And even, even though uh, there's no guarantee that they would have won the game, had uh, maybe one of those calls went their way. It, I, I, I feel as though like it could have had this similar outcome the first time we played the Toronto Maple Leafs, because someone left a comment down below uh, in the previous YouTube video and said like, 
well, you can't guarantee that the Devils were going to win against the Buffalo Sabres or the Washington Capitals, even if they did win against the Toronto Maple Leafs. Well, you are correct about that, but it's not out of the realm of possibility that it it could have happened because it actually did happen because they beat the Buffalo Sabres three to one and the Buffalo Sabres, they were struggling up to that point. I don't know what their overall situation was going into the game, but I was made aware that they were at one point on a lengthy losing streak because when Ryan Novozinski appeared on the show, he informed you guys that he, that the uh, Sabres were on an eight game losing streak. And uh, uh, before yesterday's episode, I said that the previous 10 games for the Sabres, they were, Two and eight. And then for the Capitals, I felt as though Capitals have been struggling all season. And I, I just felt like this was another game that works into the favor of the New Jersey Devils. So the likely scenario was that the Devils would have won three straight against the Maple Leafs, against the Sabres, and against the Capitals. So uh, once again, now we're in the situation where we're playing our, our big rival. We had a chance to make history, and unfortunately, it was stolen from us. So once again, guys, I'm not trying to ruminate on it. I, I just wanted to give you guys credit for just showing out and just being the passionate fans that you are. So once again, I love passion. I love what everyone's been showing. I'm glad that you guys are showing more appreciation to my show as well. But let's not do something like that again. Because if this was like a game uh, like last year and that circumstance happened, I guarantee you nobody's going to act the way that they – acted because there was a lot at stake for the devils and it wasn't just a normal regular season game there was a lot of history online it was a it was the devils aiming for that franchise record for a consecutive win streak and they're also aiming for the nhl all-time record so it's just like there was a and, and given how they've been playing the last few games it wasn't out of the realm of possibility for that to happen so once again just a big what if scenario. I always find these kind of intriguing. I usually wait till the off season to discuss things like this, but felt as though it was important to discuss it now. But my main takeaway for this first segment was that you guys have been fantastic. And please don't listen to what people like that person says, because we are not a garbage franchise. We are not a garbage fan base. We are not spoiled. He just didn't know the circumstance and he just wanted to tweet recklessly. And uh, that's, that's what he gets. So, once again, guys, let's just keep showing out the way we've been doing. Let's keep selling out the Prudential Center and just go from there. Now, before we continue with today's episode and I talk more about the game, I want to bring you guys uh, hip to BetOnline. So BetOnline.net is your number one source for your sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. Get all the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there, from football to basketball to soccer and esports. We've got it all for you at BetOnline.net. And if you love sports podcasts, you can find all those at BetOnline as well. We're always the fastest, easy way to get all your betting fix. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the transaction. BetOnline, where the game starts. Please remember to gamble responsibly and remember to visit our friends at Locked On Bets for all your betting needs there as well. Okay, so let's talk about some uh, pregame stuff because it was revealed, thanks to Amanda Stein, who asked Lindy Ruff what the situation was for Nathan Bastion, Lindy Ruff says that they're anticipating to uh, have Bastion out for a good while because Lindy Ruff did, didn't mince words. He just said that they're anticipating that Nathan Bastion is going to be sidelined for a significant amount of time. Now, we don't know what the scenario is. We don't know if it's like week to week. We don't know if it's month to month. We don't know if it's going to be half the season or, God forbid, the rest of the season. Let's just – if I had to guess, I think his injury situation is similar uh, to what happened with Jack Hughes' second game of the year against the Seattle Kraken 
last season in which Jack Hughes was out for uh, a few weeks and he didn't return to action until like what, like late November, early December. So I, I anticipate for Bastion to be out for maybe four to six weeks, wherever the case might be, but not a doctor, not a team trainer. That's just my personal opinion. That's my guess. And obviously you got to factor in like recovery and rehab and things of that nature. So Nathan Bastion is out, but it's just next man up for New Jersey Devils. And that's another thing that I loved uh, in this overall game, because despite the New Jersey Devils getting off to a slow start to the game, they were able to rebound nicely. And the same goes for team personnel. So uh, it was confirmed that uh, Alexander Holtz and Kevin Ball were brought back up to the roster. And the thing about Alexander Holtz is, am I crazy? Or was he originally uh, given an assist at one point during the course of this game? It, It seems like the, the score sheet has uh, written that off. But n- nonetheless, I-, I anticipate some solid production from Alexander Holtz. So I said in the last episode that I anticipate for Fabian Zetterlin to play on the line with uh, Miles Wood and also Michael McLeod because Fabian Zetterlin has a similar game style to Nathan Bastion, so he can fill that void. But if you put someone like Alexander Holtz with Yegor Sharangovich and Jesper Boquist, then I think we could expect some solid production from Alexander Holtz. And speaking of Sharon Govich, he netted two goals in this matchup against the New York Rangers. So one thing's why I want Alexander Holtz to be paired alongside with Yegor Sharon Govich is because I think Sharon Govich is really starting to find himself through as the season progresses. Because remember uh, in, in that game against Toronto Maple Leafs, no, the first time we played them in which uh, Sharon Govich was able to get the OT game winning uh, goal I said that that could be a turning point for Yegor Sharangovich. And ever since then, he's been putting up some very good production for New Jersey Devils. And that's what we want from someone like Sharangovich, who just gives us more depth and more scoring options. So, so far, Yegor Sharangovich has appeared in 23 games. He has eight goals, six assists for a grand total of 14 points. And he has a plus minus of plus two. So if you need a comparison, Uh, Last season in 76 games, he had 24 goals, 22 assists for a grand total of 46 points. But you do need to factor in that the Devils were injured a lot throughout the course of the year. Sharon Govich was one of the few players who suited up in most of the games. So I anticipate for his numbers to go down just a little bit, but uh, not to the extent of what it was just a few weeks ago. So Sharon Govich is definitely stepping up his game. And I definitely believe that Sharon Govich is ready to help out someone like Alexander Holt. So uh, while we're on the topic of Alexander Holtz and assisting, that's what I want to see from Alexander Holtz before he tries to search for some goals because he did score the first goal of the year for New Jersey Devils against the Philadelphia Flyers. But the one thing I want from Alexander Holtz is just know your role, know how to help for uh, your teammates and others because that's what's going to uh, help Alexander Holtz just uh, show his true impact at the NHL level. He needs to take it bit by bit and step by step before uh, I, I see what I've been seeing in Utica for Alexander Holtz. So once again, Alexander Holtz playing at this level, I think it's going to uh, actually work out to the betterment of him with Nathan Bashan being out for an extended period of time. So even though Nathan Bashan is crucial and has been a vital component for the Devils uh, up to this point of the season, I still feel as though that Alexander Holtz and also Fabian Zetterlin as proven in this game because Zetterlin was able to uh, also uh, help Miles Wood and Michael McLeod on the third line this evening. I feel as though Nathan Bastian is still very replaceable despite him putting up great uh, production for Devils this season. Now, talking about the course of this game against the New York Rangers, um, 
what 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 was the one thing that Christy Flannery was just preaching about in last week's episode and something that I talked about in yesterday's episode as well. The Devils knew how to rebound. They knew how to bounce back. So when looking at the first goal that they gave up to Panarin, uh, a lot of people were just like, okay, that's not a good start for New Jersey Devils because Panarin scored like within the first 90 seconds of the game and it was on a two-on-one situation. So the Devils had a lapse defensively. Unfortunately, Severson was just left in no man's land. It looks like Dougie Hamilton was slow to catch up to him. It also looked like that Dougie Hamilton was being held on to just a little bit. So I'm not sure if I'm the only one who realized that. But either way, the Devils were just left in a very vulnerable position. Then for Zabinajad, um, it was just wrong place, wrong time. And it looked like that uh, Vanacek didn't have full control of the puck. And it was just bouncing in front of him. And then who was the first one to crash in that? Who was the first one to get to the doorstep? It was the New York Rangers, and ultimately the Devils were just behind them, and then the Zabinajet was able to just uh, just knock it on in and get it by Vanacek. So during the course of this game for Vitek Vanacek, I think this was the first time or one of the rare times where he looked a little flustered, and it, it, he looked very down on himself because he was just like, I'm letting my team down. This doesn't usually happen. But the one thing that uh, I, I like from Devils, I'm not sure if they just like talk to him, during the course of uh, these goal celebrations and just saying like, look, keep your head up. You got this, keep going. I just loved the uh, just the fight back from the devils because it didn't take them until period number two or period number three to start making some noise because during the course of last year, if this was to happen, the devils would have already lost this game. They would have lost this like four to one or something like that. They would have uh, maybe scored when it was meaningless and it, they put up a, valiant effort doesn't really show up on the score sheet and it's just too little too late wherever the case might be but no they were able to answer on back Tomas Tatar scored thanks to Brad and Heischer assisting on uh, his goal then Yegor Sharangovich once again he's been hot and I want to talk about period number two because Jack Hughes he is just on fire right now five goals in the last three games so it's kind of funny how this is kind of working for a New Jersey Devil so when the season first began, we were talking about Jesper Bratt and his overall great production, like his great start to the season and his point streak to open it up that broke a franchise record. Then we talked about Nico Keisher and him just uh, blossoming right in front of our eyes, being the captain that we knew he was capable of doing, his clutchness, wherever the case might be, his also respective point streak. But we need to start talking about Jack Hughes because now it is Jack Hughes's time to shine for the Devils and just take the spotlight. So, uh, last week for Jack Hughes, he had six points. So we're talking about four goals, two assists, and his production is just soaring right now. And something that I want to talk about as the season progresses is the possibility of Jack Hughes, Nico Keisher, and Jesper Bratt, all three of them making the all-star team, because given how good their production has been and given how each and one of them has been given a respective uh, spotlight during the course of this year, I don't think it would be out of the realm of possibility for that to happen, especially if the Devils continue to be at first atop of the uh, of the NHL, not the Metro, the NHL. Now, I get it. Uh, the Boston Bruins have played two less games than the Devils, but still, I would have never anticipated that late in November, going into December, that the New Jersey Devils would be first in the NHL. I did not anticipate this at all. So if the season were to end right now, they'd be President's Trophies winners and this is just this is just amazing to see, and I just love the overall determination. I love the overall effort, and 
this has just been a great it was a great showing against New York Rangers and the Devils just knew how to step up their game when it mattered most. And I, I just loved what I saw every moment. Uh, John Marino, once again, making a, a few big defensive plays and just the fight back, the determination and just Jack Hughes stepping up his overall game. It's been some sort of phenomenon in Newark, New Jersey. And just just to do it on the big stage like Madison Square Garden against one of our big rivals and just what what it meant to the Devils organization, what it meant to the fan base. The Devils are head above shoulders are legitimate, guys. And uh, you heard it here first. They are 100 percent legitimate. And I'm going to if I wasn't one of the first Devils uh, podcasters to say whatever case might be, I could say it with 100 percent confidence. So something I want to start doing more regularly on this podcast is maybe react to some tweets in the third and final segment because I like reacting to tweets in general. So why not make it a segment and basically give you guys my opinion? And then once again, if it's a game recap like this, I'll react to a tweet and then give you guys the final stats and my overall uh, just grading of how the Devils perform. So this person, Devils Mustang, says, let's talk about Miles Wood. Missed almost all of last season. A lot of question marks surrounding him over the summer was seen as expendable by many fans. He's now a key part of the fourth line in hockey and on pace for 20 goals. He's irreplaceable. So here's the thing about Miles Wood. Uh, originally, it looked like that he scored, but uh, it went in and out of the crossbar. And then Michael McLeod was able to find uh, the puck and just bat it on in. So at first, I thought they were just going to credit it to Miles Wood. And I thought it was a late goal call, whatever the case might be. But nope. Michael McLeod was credited with the goal and Miles Wood was credited with the assist and Zetterlin also got the secondary assist. So once again, Fabian Zetterlin uh, just providing that overall impact on the, I guess you could call it the FMW line now since uh, Bastion is out, but digressing a little bit. Yeah. So it's something I've been preaching about. Miles Wood missed almost all last season. I felt like the devils, they were, they were kind of rushing him back. Uh, I just said there was no reason to bring him back when there was uh, only a few games left in year. Didn't feel like he was 100%. So a lot of people forgot what Miles Wood is capable of doing because I, I remember when Wood, during the 2021 COVID-shortened year in, 50, in the 56-game season, he was actually able to show out quite nicely for a New Jersey Devils. So in 55 game appearances, he had 17 goals, eight assists for a grand total of 25 points. So the one thing I preached about during the course of that uh, season, I said, had that been a normal 82-game season, Miles Wood would have surpassed his career high in goals. He would have surpassed his career high in assists, and he would have surpassed his career high in points as well. So I said, you got to inflate those numbers just a little bit because, once again, during the 2021 season, the NHL only played 56 games that year. So you have to inflate those stats once again, like I just mentioned, because when we're looking at his career high uh, during the 2017-2018 season, which was last time the Devils made the playoffs, uh, Miles Wood had 19 goals, 13 assists for a grand total of 32 points in 76 game appearances. And this year, 23 game appearances, he has six goals, five assists for a grand total of 11 points. And he has a plus minus of plus nine. Not to mention he is a big time pest out there. He's not afraid to get under the skin of his opponents and just basically ruffle up some feathers. And uh, we we needed that. We need that spark plug and we need that bottom six production. And it's worth mentioning, Miles Wood is also one of the leaders of this team because 
He has uh, some of the most experience with the organization. So he knows, similar to Nico Heischer, he knows this organization like the back of his hand. He's uh, one of the uh, veterans of this roster. So Miles Wood was greatly missed last year. And I just said, don't sleep on Miles Wood because his 2021 year campaign was actually very solid. And had it been just a normal 82 game season, Miles Wood, who knows what he could have done uh, throughout the scoring categories? Who knows what he could have put up? So, yeah, Miles Wood was dearly missed last year. And I said we need to give him a chance. And the fact that we brought him back and I, I think he's performing really well because it's such a shame because I know he was looking for a big contract. Unfortunately, he got hurt. He didn't really have many options because coming off of surgery and then coming off an abysmal year in which he was basically a non-factor. I know that had to take a somewhat of a toll on his confidence, but I always knew what Miles Wood was capable of. So, and in this game, once again, even though he wasn't credited with the goal, still some good production from Miles Wood. And once again, um, I, I, I just want to give a shout out to Alexander Holtz because Alexander Holtz did not look like a bum out there. And sooner or later, he'll get the hang of it. But anyway, just wanted to give credit to some of the players that might not get the spotlight after this game. So, Miles Wood, dearly missed last year. And I would have to agree with uh, Devils Mustangs in that case, which is Miles Wood, his production is irreplaceable. And as proven last year, as proven this year, he's one of the reasons why the Devils have improved so much. And he's one of the reasons why Bastion and McLeod also are performing well. So to wrap up today's show, let's look at the final statistics. And then I will give a letter grade for a New Jersey Devil. So shots on goal differential, dead even, 38 apiece, faceoff percentage. 60% to 40% in favor of the Devils. Power play. Devils shut out in the power play category. Once again, 0 for 3. Rangers 1 for 5. So Devils penalty kill, solid. Power play needs some work. Hits 24 to 12 in favor of the Rangers. Blocks 15 to 11 in favor of the Devils. Giveaways 12 to 8 in favor of the Rangers. Now, I was discussing with my buddy Jersey Joe about this already. He said he would give uh, the Devils a B-plus performance. I'm going to give them a solid B because you can't come out the gate like that and come out flat-footed. But it was a good test for them because uh, this was one of the rare instances in which the New Jersey Devils just, uh, it, it, they just came out the gates flat. They totally bobbled the puck in that case. And uh, within the first like five or so minutes, it looked like the game was already going to be decided, but the Devils were able to even it up in period number one. And they scored four unanswered goals after giving up the first two. So, and once again, Vitek Vanacek, he looked a little flustered, especially after giving up the third goal. He looked so frustrated because this is, has, hasn't really happened all that often this year. But I like the, the fight back from Vanacek. I like the answer on back from some of his teammates. And I just love the overall effort that the Devils showed in this game. So, once again, I would give them a B because the Devils have set the bar so high that it's going to be a little bit tougher for me to just say like, oh, you know what, they get an A just because they came out with a win. No, nah, that's not – maybe I would have given them an A last year just because uh, the circumstances are different. But the fact that the Devils are legitimate contenders now, things have changed. So let me know what you guys think. What letter grade would you give the New Jersey Devils? And what did you think about this game against the New York Rangers? And this was a test for them, and the Devils showed out. So as for today's episode, guys, that's all the time I have for you. So continue to stay safe. Have a wonderful day, New Jersey. Go Devils. I'll catch you guys in the next episode. Thanks for listening once again.